0: Island and get away from humanity and literally washing up on the goddamn with fucking bottles of. Wait, what? I'm trying something different now. I'm sending an electronic audio message in many kilobyte sized bottles. Perhaps you sent one back. Dear Ryan. from you. I must say, that was a pretty clever trick there with those dottle bottles. Though how you managed to direct them to my shores remains a mystery unsolved, I must admit, their presence washed up into my washed up presence may have McLuhan spinning in his grave. As the message contained struck me as more than mere detritus. Okay, to begin with a little exercise of Rappaportian rules... Allow me to reflect my take on your message and see if this floats your boat. I think the general thrust of this line of discussion is part of your response to part of my skeptical stylings. Perhaps a brute way of summarizing this line of critique goes about something like this. So what? Maybe be relatively persuasive arguments to the effect that a pretty radical version of normative meta-epistemological skepticism seems a reasonable position could be found. What are we supposed to do with that, you say? To adapt the analogy from your correspondence into a sort of pseudo-argumentative analogical form, I think that you're saying something like this say each of us biological entities is like a ship, some sort of existential locus, blown about through space-time on more or less stormy seas of the great putatively unknown. Each of these ships has some finite degree of agency. We can torque on the rudder, raise the sails, and consider the cuts of one another's jibs. The crew of the ship seems to be analogous to the internal bodily workings, primarily of the nervous system, according to the models with which I'm most familiar, in a more or less, and maybe, var blows the question, organized fashion. If the Platonic, Kaczynskian, Harlandonian, Navigator, Cabin Boy, Reasonable Epistemic Agent, were completely, or at least mostly, in control, they may attempt to steer the ship, according to the dictates, of philosophy and science, well, a problem is there are chronic environmental stressors, there are storms a brewin', which disrupt the homeostatic balance of crew organization, roles, hierarchies, etc., thereby reliably inducing mutinies, a.k.a. irrational behaviors of the system. To the extent that this summary approximates the orientation of your bow. My initial response is to quite simply say, Welcome aboard! I don't think that I disagree with anything you're saying here. Yet I also think I still have useful epistemic cargo to unload on society. And so far... Ready to go down with the ship. Sorry. Allowing that a ship equals an organism and a crew equals its nervous system, like the old poem goes, my body's a beast and I am the rider, and whither the beast goes, so shall I. The ocean would equal its environment, and if we like, we can add the premise that the environment is quote-unquote unknown to the crew, which would be the case if some version of skepticism were correct. Now let's stipulate for the purposes of this discussion that some version of non-determinism obtains, such that the actions of the crew-slash-nervous system can have a non-zero degree of influence over the trajectory of the ship, or organism. How did this ship, with its crew, get to be in this environmental space-time locale? Well, as a great biologist once said, it is how it is because it got that way. Natural Selection set up this situation with a forecastle here and a bowsprit there, yada yada. And a crew with these roles, etc. We still agree up to here, I think. Now let's bring in another infamous ancient Greek thought experiment ship, tweaked a little for my purposes. Because when I think of ships, I think of the ship of Theseus. To exapt that case a little bit, in that story, it's like okay, if you replace one old rotting plank with another every time you come into port, eventually you'll have a ship entirely constructed of non original pieces. Which led some to ask the question is this still? in an important sense, quote-unquote, the same ship. In our case, I would like to switch the traditional question around and say, let's say we have a ship that is always at sea, never coming into port, and what we do is deconstruct and reconstruct an alternatively shaped ship out of the very same materials. And when I got to that point, it reminded me of a question that Dennett addressed in one of his lectures, where he asked, How could a slow, mindless process build a thing that could build a thing that a slow, mindless process couldn't build on its own? To which his answer, Runs. First you evolve Alan Turing, (laughs) and then he intelligently designs a computer, and we're home. Well, that's great, professor, but how do you do that? Well, the answer, of course, is natural selection. Well, yeah, great, I know, natural selection, but that was the problem in the first place. We wanted to know, how do you get past that? But not just natural selection of genes. We have to also talk about cultural evolution and the natural selection of memes. I don't know if the lookout in your crow's nest had already spotted upon the horizon the black flag of the ship, cultural evolution. I somewhat think that yet again, we have wrapped ourselves back around to one of the Daudler's classics, and in order to resolve. Any remaining disputes we have about this, we probably have to talk about memes, information, language, culture, and probably emergence and downward causation. To attempt to tie as closely as I can the Dennett question to the analogy that we've been working on, Dennett asks, how can natural selection design a thing that can design a thing that natural selection could not design on its own? And the way I'm trying to rework that question for our purposes here in the ship analogy is like, how can we, as ships at sea, do some theseistic engineering, such as to take a more active role in steering? I agree, we are all mutineers, but it might be in a sense different to how you intended it. In my sense, that we're all mutineers means there is no ultimate capital T truth to the role system assigned to the crew or the relative location of the planks of the boat itself determined contingently by the satisficing engine of natural selection. It is how it is because it got that way. But once some of the crew members get the capacity to think in words, languages, information patterns, memes, about how these things are currently organized, that we can then attempt to transcend the dictates of selection and design instead for ourselves. To me, the realization that we are all mutineers is not necessarily to devolve into epistemic anarchy, or might makes right, or we get steered into the rocks, though all of that of course can happen, and unfortunately such a dystopic direction appears to be actualizing on Earth, 21st century. If I may be allowed to appeal back to a prior premise, if the actions of the crew can influence the trajectory of the ship, and the realization that there is no God-given fact of the matter, who's the captain, the navigator, the cook, the pirates, the mutineers, and we're actually all on the same level, this is nothing more than the realization that we're all in the same boat, which I think you would also agree with. To the extent I'm reading you right about any of this, I think this is a perfect example of two ships passing in the night. Because... I think that you, for the most part, agree with my skeptical argumentation, and I, for the most part, agree with your practical critiques thereof. If I'm right that your basic message is, okay, Harland, I've heard your skeptical arguments, so what? That's not how it does or likely will ever work amongst human beings, because we are these embodied agents under stress, trying to make our way through an unknown environment with flawed hardware. Yes, I agree. That describes our current situation. But I think that your, or my version of you, has this sort of truth-seekers lament when that position is arrived at, where you say, okay, so I guess we can't have that. Well, then it's all for naught. And I think that neglects some of the other points of the triumund. There's also engineering. And why can not we attempt some of the time to emphasize the engineering component and, through doing so, strive to improve our lot? This is where I appeal to that poetic refrain about chimps, gods, and angels. Yes, we agree. All of us are mere primates, and that there are no good reasons to think gods do or can exist. But could it not be the case that the chimp dreaming of the god could not inspire their engineers to to cobble together some artifice of aviation such that they may approximate angels? I don't know. Something. Walking the Strand on my deserted island. Sincerely yours. Harland, stowaway on the ship of state, tapping a cask in the cargo hold, Grant. Baby, do you understand? Sometimes I feel a little mad. But don't you know that no one alive can always be an angel when things go wrong.